This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good morning and welcome to the Monday morning break with me, Marie. Um, I'm delighted to be back after a bit of a break over the summer. Um, and this morning I am talking about re-engaging learners in education with Roland. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Good morning to everyone on this lovely Monday morning. I am so pleased to be joined this morning by Roland and we are going to talk about his role um, and what he what he does and we're going to talk about re-engaging learners in education. So good morning Roland. Good morning Marie. Thanks for uh, agreeing to speak with me. This is fantastic. Oh no honestly the the honour and the pleasure is mine because um you know, I just think we've got so much to talk about on on this topic um, that I'm just really grateful for you, um, especially as you are in Canada. <laughs> so thank you so much. We've worked out the time difference and I think we're good. <laughs> I, always joke, I always joke with people in the UK that you live in the future. <laughs> yes. You're five hours ahead, so you always know what's coming next. That's the big <laughs> joke around here. And it's the same with my friends in California. I always tell them I live in the future. So when I check in with them, I'm always telling them what I'm learning from everybody in the UK. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a time, you know, it's like a time machine almost, isn't it? From UK it to is. UK to Canada to California. <laughs> so we were just actually on that note, we were just chatting just a minute ago, weren't we, about just um how amazing um social media and, and Twitter particularly um can be for for meeting people, um getting you know, and sharing experiences and and so on across the world. Um, you know, despite the negatives, we I was just saying to you, wasn't I, that I've only ever found it positive um and obviously it's how we met um through twitter so yeah really great oh and i totally agree there's there is so much there is so much in the digital world to offer everybody you just have to be looking for it and even if you can't find it i think creating it and pushing it out is good for everybody around you because then they'll see it so it's almost like mm. model for them what it is that you want from other people and um yeah, my perspective with social media has always been a place to share and a place to learn. Yeah. And I've been fortunate enough over the years to get to connect with people like yourself who are doing the same thing and working in these spaces where we're trying to support people in general. So there is negative and there always will be negative with everything, but there's also a positive. And I think when you look at that and you focus on that and you put into that, uh, it's fantastic. So people like you and I welcome others to come into the digital world yeah. and look for the positive and be the positive. Absolutely. Yeah. On, on so many levels, um, you know, in terms of education, like you said, you know, we've got, we've got both commonalities, but also there will be differences. Um, but to be able to share on an international level, you know, is so, so, so great. Um, 
and then yeah like you also said just said in terms of kind of sharing good and connecting with people and and all of those opportunities that we get from it um yeah but well I knew I'd divert when I was talking to you <laughs> I knew we would okay so let's go draw back come back to the show <laughs> um so firstly can you in, introduce yourself to our lovely listeners and tell me a Tell us a bit about your your role and and how you've come into it, and uh, you know a bit of a potted history would be great. Great. So this is going to be a great assignment for me to keep this brief and concise. My <laughs> no, don't worry Ro- about my, that. <laughs> my, my name is Roland Chidiak, and I'm I'm a father. I'm a husband. Uh, I'm a teacher. That's what I do day to day as uh, my profession, and I love my work. I'm currently a reengagement teacher. Uh, I've been in the class. I've been certified to teach since 1999, no, 2000, which is a long time ago. And <laughs> from 2000 to today, I've had wonderful experiences in the classroom. I've worked with a number of different grades. I have to say my my favorite were the primary grades, grades one, two, and three have been my favorite. And that's that's kind of where I spent a lot of my career once I figured out I liked it there. But Getting to getting to here to today as a reengagement teacher, two years ago I was sitting in my classroom and it was June, and uh, it's really neat. I can I can visualize it no problem. Uh, it was the end of the day; the kids were gone, and I was literally sitting at my computer. It just you know at the end of the day, educators they're just they're done. So I was kind of just breathing in and out before I packed up and left for home, and uh, we got an email with this job posting. And it was the last week of June. So we're getting, you know, everybody's shutting down. Everybody's getting ready to go uh, for the day and for the end of the school year. And I read this job posting and right away I said, this is, this is me. Um, this is kind of what I've always been searching for. And, and so I read the, the description and basically what was happening was the, the government in Ontario, the Ministry of Education in Ontario, Canada, um, was giving was providing funding to school boards to create a re-engagement strategy because that that was the second year of COVID, so to speak. Um, So we were finishing up a year where we were still wearing masks in the classroom and everything was very tight and locked down. And we, we, the province, had noticed that during the online learning component, many students went missing. Mm-hmm. And so the government was like, oh, we need to find these people and bring them back. So my district decided to create a re-engagement team, two re-engagement teachers and a re-engagement social worker, and totally brand new. So we had like a, a we had a framework in terms of uh, our role, like um, there were some pillars that were very important, inclusion and belonging, community outreach, family support, individualized student support addressing learning disruptions, making sure that there's a caring adult. So this was kind of given to us and said, here's your framework, build it, build it, create this job. And so the three of us worked together to create uh, what we thought was a pretty good process for trying to find students that were missing, build a connection and try to bring them back. And in the first year, it was grade seven to 12 was the, the mission. Uh, since then, last year and this year, it's become a grade seven and eight position for me. So I'm working with grade seven and eight students and the high schools have adopted the grade 
9 to 12 component. And then there's one more person. Uh, they refer to him as a re-engagement officer. He works with students that would qualify as being older than grade 12. Mm-hmm. So th- grade 13 or 14. So students who need a few credits and just kind of disappeared, he goes out and he finds them and works with adult education and co-op, cooperative education, to get them those credits so they can get their high school diploma. So that's that's a little bit about me and, and how re-engagement started and where it's at today. I mean, just what an amazing opportunity, you know, for, I mean, there's, I was just noting down a few things as you were talking and and one was the um that feeling of at the end of the day like you said you're sometimes done <laughs> and that kind of taking that moment at the end of the day to just finish up on your computer breathe and then go go home and switch to maybe you know another role <laughs> um and give give your family your your attention and your presence um but for that moment, I mean, it obviously was very pivotal to be, to have stuck in your mind like that, but to that to have popped up and then that magic to look at a role and go, this is me, like, amazing. Um, but also, what a forward-thinking um, thing to have done for your, um, for Ontario? You know? Yes, Ontario. Ontario. Um, the what a forward-thinking thing for them to have done, to have gone, well, hold on, we've got all these um, children and, and they're missing. Um, like you said, lockdown and that, that, that super quick switch to online learning and remote learning. And, um, and it was an incredibly difficult time. For, I mean, obviously it was an incredibly difficult time for everyone. Um, but in terms of education, you know, you had this really almost, you know, f- overnight quick, get this remote learning in place, get the welfare checks in place, um, try and support um, very, very frightened children and families um, and staff. Um, and navigating our way through that um, was was really, really tough, obviously. Um, but then to have gone, well, actually looking at it, they're not coming back. Um, let's do something completely different. And to have given you that the ability to, to innovate and shape your role and how this is going to work, um, it's amazing. I think it's fantastic. Um, so... I mean, I know that we, um, when we've spoken before, and you, you've said as well, you, I think, am I right, your master's is in counselling as well, as well as your teaching. Um, and I think we said, you know, a lot of those skills come into your role. Oh, 100%. I remember, so I remember when I did my, my master's degree, and that was in 2001. Uh, so I finished, I finished my teacher teacher's college is what it's called here, my teaching degree. And then I went right in to do my master's. It was a goal of mine to graduate education around counseling. I became a teacher by mistake. So I was staying true to getting a graduate education in counseling. And I remember when I was finished my graduate education, I said to one of my professors, I said, I'm moving my, my, my girlfriend, now my wife, lives in Waterloo, Ontario, and I'm from Ottawa, Ontario. And I said, there are no jobs here for my wife and I. So, And she's a teacher, and she was already teaching. So right out of teacher's college, she it was at, at that time they needed teachers badly. She was hired. Many of us were hired right away. And I kind of pushed back. And then I told him, I'm going to be a teacher. And he said, 
wow, if only we could have more teachers who have like the skills and the education you have on how to work with people, mm-hmm. uh, that'd be fantastic. So right, it's kind of, it's funny, the people who know me, they say, it's really neat that you prepared for your job 22 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like you got your master's degree, you knew you wanted to do counseling, but you also knew you wanted to start a family, you wanted to have a stable job. And that, and so, you know, I end up here never thinking I'd be a teacher, but I am. So you can imagine when I see this job description that's talking about, you know, alternative education and they, they don't say counseling because technically, you know, I'm not a therapist. So, and I'm not doing that with students, Mm -hmm. but it always helps, you know, to have an understanding of how to kind of build a relationship in that way and provide people with what they need and to push them so that they grow um, and that they deal with their conflict in a, in a positive and pro-social way. So it's just really neat. Um, I remember, so I just want to share this cause it's kind of funny. So at, at the time when the job was posted, there were, that's the time in the spring and in June, May and June, there are postings. So people transfer. And I remember, I remember I printed off the, uh, the posting and I went down to the office and I walked into my principal's office and I said, you're, you're not going to be happy with me. And he's like, what's up? And I'm like, did you see the posting? He's like, yeah, I saw the posting, but I've got all this other stuff. I said, I'm going to apply for the posting. He was like, are you kidding me? I said, I never anticipated that I would leave. I was planning on staying here for many more years, but, and it was at the time it was a one year job. Mm-hmm. So it was, it's a one year position and then you're guaranteed to go back to your school and your grade. So I had nothing to lose. I only had to gain. But then once I got into it, I thought, I don't want to leave this job. I want to continue it as long as I can. Mm. And uh, here I am, you know, starting my third year of doing it. Mm, brilliant. Brilliant. But that, like you said, that combination of, you know, uh, having done that master's those, those years ago, going into teaching, there is crossover, isn't there? Undoubtedly, the skills that you need Um and then when we're talking about children who are missing from education and that increased um the increased vulnerabilities and the increased safeguarding risks to these children who aren't in education now but also a massive job to get them back in because quite a lot of the time they're they're not in because there's there's barriers um so whether they're you know barriers that they have whether there's barriers you know physical barriers um social you know covid anxieties all of those mental health so you are uh, you know there is to have had those skills to have that knowledge um and how you can understand others and and interact with them and gain their trust i'm guessing you know trust has got to be the very first thing that you form with them it's it's the number one Mm. and it's the only if if there isn't any trust Mm -hmm. um then nothing's happening and so i really and it's very interesting that when i meet the students i meet the parents and i start to build and i make it explicit i just say hey I'm going to be around because I need to get to know you and you need to get to know me. And you need to see that I'm in your corner and I will advocate for you as long as you're being honest with me. And even when you're dishonest, I will reset, but not everybody will do that. Right. So it's funny because then they kind of look at me and they don't know what to do with me because I am wearing the badge of the school board, but I don't work at the school that they go to. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I tell them I'm, I'm here for you. 
and these are the things I can offer you. Um, and to this day, there are still some students that don't want anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. They, they don't want it. And I tell them, well, I'm here. Like, I'm not going anywhere. Unless your parents say, we don't want this service anymore. Or my principal says, you're going to have to move on. Uh, somebody needs to direct me because I won't do it. I will continue to call, to text, to visit, um, to pull you out of class when you are in school. And I think the best the best is when they finally clicks yeah. that they see, okay, Roland really is here to support me because I just saw him talk to my teacher in a way that, you know, made them nervous, but it was completely professional and appropriate. Mm-hmm. And it's a collaborative process. So when a teacher tells me, when a teacher says, you know, let's say the student does return to the, to the building here and there. Okay. And then I come and I work with the student. I'm a teacher, so I can assist with academics, even though I find a lot of my stuff is not academic because I have to get them back into the mode of school. Mm-hmm. But the teacher will say, this is what we're working on. Can you please support the student? I say, of course. And then we remove ourselves from the room or we're at the back of the room and we're doing this work. And, and if I see something that doesn't fit with the student's learning profile, I will, politely adjust and then when we go back to report to the teacher you can see the student is concerned we did not do we did not comply i say hold on a second your job was to learn this material my job was to teach it to you and to support you along the way you have a learner's profile you learn a certain way Mm -hmm. i'm going to meet your needs and so i don't have a problem telling your teacher by the way instead of using the worksheet I cracked open the computer. We opened up a Google document. I scribed for the student. Like, I have no problem telling the teacher I gave you what you needed to yeah. get the job done, right? But even on their look on their faces, like, we did not comply. We're supposed to comply. And I said, this business of we're supposed to comply caused you to leave. Yeah. Yes. And so we don't want that to happen again. We want you to be here. Mm-hmm. We want you to be safe in a great environment with your friends, learning and having fun and someone like me bugging you every couple of days (laughs) do you know it this is this is so nice because as you're talking um this is exactly what i do and my team does there's just the the approach is just so similar um and even kind of the the words you're using the language you're using um because what we you know what i find what i typically typically find is that initial um and and often it's very linked to past experiences um, through the system or through life or, you know, that you can see you're saying something and in their eyes is, yeah, yeah, someone said this to me all before and it didn't happen. And it's, you know, and it's saying to them explicitly, I know you don't believe me right now, but I will always be honest with you. I will always be transparent with you and I am here for you. And if I say I'll do something, I will do it. Um, And it's the number one training, you know, with our staff. Never, ever promise anything that you can't do. And if you say you're going to do something, you do it. Um, Because they have very little trust. Um, So, yeah, you have to put in, don't you? You have to put in the time and the time and the effort and perhaps a bit of a thick skin sometimes um, and and just just keep going. And, And then... Like you said, when you get that trust, when they get that, okay, that realization, yeah, they are here for me and they do mean it. Um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And then you can roll with it, can't you? Then you can go, um, you know, and, and start getting, I think, that 
spark back um, that interest in learning, that interest in their future even. Because, you know, I think sometimes they're just so isolated and it's so difficult to cross that barrier back in um, to, to education. And it's a two-way street, mm-hmm. right? It's a two-way street when, it, when they, when I tell them I'm going to do something and I do it, and then they tell me they're going to do something and they don't. Mm-hmm. I say, okay, like let's. So then I model for them. What does it look like? You know, I I joke with them um, sometimes. I'll say, am I yelling at you? And they're like, no. I say, am I really disappointed in you? No. Mm-hmm. Well, then what are you so worried about? Like, mm-hmm. let's talk about this. You've gotten used to not talking about it. You've gotten you've gotten into a zone where you're not going to trust anybody. And I also say to them, look, the school system's a machine. Right. It operates a certain way. Your teachers care for you more than, you know, you just don't see it that way because there's 30 other people in the room Mm -hmm. and they're it's the nature of the beast. They're working, they're teaching, they're helping. My job is to help you. Mm -hmm. So let me zero in on you because we don't know how long it lasts. We, you know, I tell them you might see this as a, you know, a difficulty in your life right now, but this is a blessing because how often is it that a kid is actually going to get a one-to-one personal assistant. That's sometimes what I've referred to myself as. I say to the schools, I'm like a Swiss army knife. I will almost do anything you need mm-hmm. to help this student figure out how to come back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Amazing. That's, you know, I make that joke with them as well. I'm just your PA. <laughs> Right. Oh, okay. So, I mean, just sounds incredible. Very much wish you were over here. Um, <laughs> but can you just give us a little um, sort of what your role, what it looks like? So, I mean, I, I am sure you don't have a typical day at all. Um, probably every minute is different. Every child is different or young person. Um, but if you were to kind of explain your role a little bit in the practicalities, could you could you do that for us? Sure. I I do want to say, though, on that note, that um, last year I was happy. So every couple of weeks I meet with my principal. She's the principal of um, alternative education. Mm -hmm. And so we have two sites where kids go and they participate in all dead in a particular way. And I'm I'm attached to her. She's my supervisor. And uh, last year in one of our meetings, she said, could you do me a favor? And I said, sure. What, what would you like? And she said, can you please document a week of, of what your work looks like? And I had this look of fear come over my face because I was like, you want me to document like every minute of every day? She goes, no, just give me like the broad strokes. And I'm like, but it's it's going to look different next week. Yeah. And she's like, I don't care. Just give it to me. So you're right. It, I have a structure. And it shifts, it changes, it's never the same, but I will do my best. So <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. When um when a school believes that they need assistance from someone like me, um, so they're gonna have a grade seven or eight student who uh, attends inconsistently or doesn't attend at all. Mm-hmm. They'll call me. I meet with them uh, to gather information and then I contact the parents and I arrange to meet the student. If the student will meet me at the school, I'll meet them there. If they are just refusing to go to school, I will go to their house and do what we call a porch visit where they'll come outside and we'll chat. That's how it starts. And then from there, we build relationships. How do we do that? I do things called walks and talks where if you're not going, if you're not leaving your house, I'll come, but we're going to walk around the block and talk 
they don't they don't realize that that's one of my strategies to get them talking about stuff they don't want to talk about but i tell them you need to get some fresh air you need to move and you know mr c needs to move too like it's good for me too so i'll do a walk and talk if i have to um I will integrate technology, which I used to do. Well, I still do it a lot, but I, that was my bread and butter when I was in the classroom. So I have a Nintendo switch that I have in my backpack at all times. So I'll say, you know, do you want to play some Mario Kart or do you want to do some Minecraft and show me your skills? So like I integrate technology, I will go to them. I will communicate with them on social media if that's how they use it. Um, you know, I'm very professional about it, but Mm -hmm. if they tell me, you know, you can check in on me on Instagram and the parents are okay with it and the school's okay with it. I'll go there. I'll yeah. do that. Um, I will walk them to school if needed. If there's that anxiety and they're like, I just can't get there. I'll say, I'm here, let's go. And I'll, and we'll set it up once we get there. So when I'm at the schools, I'll pull them out. Uh, we, I help broker deals, if you will. You know, I say to them, you give me two hours in the building and then we'll do this. And then I check with the school. I make sure everything is a-okay and that everybody agrees. Um, when we're doing schoolwork, I will accommodate them like you wouldn't believe based on their learning profile. Um, and, you know, I do offer that bit of uh, informal counseling. I, I will model for them um, what I'm thinking, why I'm thinking mm-hmm. it, what I think they're thinking. Yeah. Well, those are some of like the tools in my toolbox that have been working. They work really well. Kids love to play video games in general. Mm-hmm. Once they once they start walking, they start talking. Yeah. Um, I you know, and then and then I, my observations when I see what's happening in the school, I know where to push and where not to push. And then once I believe there's a really good relationship established, then I push harder. Like, so I tell them, I'm going to keep pushing you into the zones you're ready for. And I make no bones about that. So if I see that you're ready and you tell me you're not, I'm going to push. Yeah. And you're going to need to trust me. And just like I'm going to, when you tell me you're off today, you're not doing it. I respect that. And so if I'm going to do that to you, unfortunately, I have some expectations you're going to do back to me. Yes. That's so what a day looks like. Um, I'll drive to one of the schools to check in on a student. If they're there, I pull them out. I meet with them. We might do a little bit of work. And then I just basically, I go from school to school, checking in on people. But that changes if I get a text from parents saying, they're not going today. I left for work. They're still at home. Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, okay, I know that I'm going to that house. I'm going to check in with them there. Sometimes I can't get a hold of anybody. So... I'll park myself at one of our two on-site locations where I can do some administrative work and then make some calls to possibly meet with special education teachers, principals, or other students. So I have a schedule each day. I have an understanding, but depending on what text messages I get and what I see when I get to a building or to a house, I have to readjust. Yeah. Absolutely. It was a very dynamic role, isn't it? You know, the, the structures there. I mean, the, again, very similar to, ha- to how we work. The, the structures there and the expectations are there. Um, and again, that kind of safeguarding and, and supervision and, and everything is there. But it could change on the, the nature of the day and the student and, and what, where they're at that day. Um, and your approach has to be extremely versatile doesn't it you you know and and that i loved what you said about that reading the cues from them um there's an awful lot of 
observation, isn't there, and knowledge that goes on sort of underneath it all. Um, so what is a very relaxed, casual walk and talk, like you said, it actually has that, that psychology and that counselling. You know, if you are side on side um, and, and there's no eye contact, it's the, there's less pressure um, and, and emotionally regulating as you walk. You know, your body can't physically hold on to um you know um anger for example or you know as you're walking um so they're they're in a better uh, but you know and i just love that there's all that theory and skill underneath what looks like potentially to someone oh you're going for a walk and you're playing a bit of switch how nice <laughs> um but there is just so much more to it isn't it um and on that note, we're going to take a brief pause and then we will come back and love to talk to you further about sort of what, what the barriers to attendance are in your point of view. Teaching is a rewarding profession, but it comes with its fair share of challenges. That's where ADAPT come in. We're not your typical trade union, but instead a modern, apolitical alternative, offering expert legal, employment and mental health support protection without the politics. So what makes EDAPT different? We're always apolitical and independent, specialised solely in supporting individual teachers. Our caseworkers are professionally qualified, ensuring you always get the best advice. Plus, there's 24-7 mental health support. Whether it's a simple contract check or handling serious allegations, EDAPT are here for you. Join the thousands of educators who've chosen EDAPT to protect their careers. Subscribe at adapt.org.uk today. Adapt. Supporting school staff. Protecting careers. This is Teachers Talk Radio. And this is Teachers Talk Radio News. School suspensions featured in The Guardian. Always a provocative topic. According to analysis reported in the newspaper, since the pandemic, disadvantaged pupils in England were 3.7 times more likely to be sent home than other pupils. The analysis was published alongside a separate survey of teachers who said that verbal and physical abuse from pupils had increased significantly post-pandemic. School suspensions have risen overall since COVID, up 30% in 2021 to 22 compared with 2018 to 19, but have gone up more sharply amongst disadvantaged pupils, up 75% versus 4% for non-disadvantaged. The analysis was completed by Who's Losing Learning on the latest available DfE figures for 2021 to 2022. Other groups who saw significant increases were children with social workers and children with special educational needs. The analysis also looked at geographical factors. The increase in suspensions was highest in the East Midlands, up 57%, followed by the North West and North East at 34%. The survey of NAS UWT members found almost 9 out of 10 said the number of pupils exhibiting physically violent and abusive behaviours has increased in the last year. Almost three quarters of those surveyed cited poor socialisation skills following COVID restrictions as a key driving factor behind the rise in poor pupil behaviour. When asked for comment, the DfE said it supports head teachers to take the action necessary to promote good behaviour. 
the TES reports on further concerns around recruitment of secondary teachers in England. Figures obtained by the NEU and NAHT show ministers are on course to miss recruitment targets by 48%. Numbers in all subjects except history, PE and classics are below the national recruitment target. The figures for last month, the final month before teacher training courses begin, shows there were 13,788 recruits. This is short of the target of 26,360. Paul Whiteman, NAHT General Secretary, said the shortages meant more children were being taught either by teachers with no qualifications in the subject, by teaching assistants or by supply staff. A DfE spokesperson said there were record numbers of teachers in schools, up by 27,000 since 2010. But unions point out that the number of pupils in state-funded schools had risen at almost double the rate of teaching workforce. Special educational needs has been in the spotlight after reports in the media suggest that the government has signed a contract targeting 20% cuts to the number of new education, health and care plans. According to The Observer, the cuts emerged as councils across England face huge financial deficits on SEND. This is caused by rising demand and long-standing underfunding, they say. Part of the government response has been the launch of the new Delivering Better Value in SEND, which supports councils to bring down budget deficits via early intervention and teaching children with SEND in mainstream schools. The plan's design costs £19.5 million, but it suggests a reduced growth in the number of EHCPs, targeting at least a 20% reduction. Concern has been expressed by SEND campaigners around the legality of such an approach. Ministers have denied that a specific target to reduce EHCP exists and that it was completely wrong to suggest the DfE is withdrawing support for SEND. Finally, a feature article in The Guardian focuses on research into the impact of pornography on the lives of children and young people. Abby Wright spoke to 10,000 children between 2016 and 2022. They were aged between 6 and 22 and came from a range of backgrounds across the UK. Wright is a theatre designer and did the research as part of the creation of two new musicals. The feature article called Too Much Too Young is available online, but broad findings suggest that children as young as six are encountering porn online often via pop-ups, but sometimes having been introduced to it by older friends or siblings. For 9 to 11-year-olds, exposure to porn is frequent via platforms like YouTube. Children as young as 12 admitted to feeling like they were addicted to pornography. Teenagers feel that they learn more from pornography than sex education classes, particularly those exploring their sexuality or gender identity. Pornography also appears to confuse the issue of consent, particularly for young women who feel if it is okay in porn, then it's okay in real life. Whatever our thoughts on such a sensitive and challenging topic, it seems clear that relationships and sex education needs to catch up quickly for a lot of young people. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. 
So, um, back with Roland and just absolutely loving this show and this chat, but we said that we would just move on to um, talking about some of the barriers um, to education. So, yeah, I'm really interested in this about whether, you know, the similarities and, and perhaps any differences that we might be able to pick out. Mm -hmm. Is it okay with you if I quickly address the, the video game thing before yes. we proceed to the barriers? Because I wanted to share a great example that just popped up now. As you can imagine, day to day, there's all kinds of things happening that are very different than what a classroom teacher might see or what a principal might see, and they see a lot. An example, I was working with a student last year, and it was one of those, you know, I met up with the student, they were not interested in doing anything, so we're playing video games. And as we're playing video games, because they're so focused on the device and the game, I'm asking them questions that they wouldn't normally answer, but they're giving me data, mm -hmm. right? And I'm collecting the data. So on this particular day, I learned from this student, uh, went after school, he doesn't like to go home. He likes to go to a certain strip mall and certain stores to hang out with his friends and do whatever. Well, months later, you know, the school calls me and they say, hey, he's not here. We called home. Mom doesn't know where he is. The next step is the police. Are you around? Can you look around for him? And I said, yes, give me an hour. Give me an hour. And I remembered what he mm -hmm. told me when he was gaming, when he was too busy trying to figure out the game, he told me the dollar store he likes to go to, the Walmart he likes to go to. Surprise, surprise, I walk into this building, there he is. And I'm like, hey, what's going on, man? And he's like, oh, you're here to shop? No, I'm here for you. What? Why are you here? Mom doesn't know where you are. Like, we don't want the police involved. We don't have to have the police involved. So I was able to do something really awesome and positive that day for that parent in that school. Yeah. And it came from the video game. Mm -hmm. So again, it's not just here's the video game, I'm getting paid, and the kid's doing nothing. No, yeah. there is a method to the madness. You just need to talk to me. And, and you know what? Some days, and it's rare, it just is video games. Mm -hmm. But that's after the student's gone to school, you know, 10 days in a row, yeah. is being socially appropriate, is getting along with the family. Then it's like, hey, what do you want to do with me? I want to play games. Let's do it, right? So there is that reward time. But mostly, mm -hmm. I am collect I'm always collecting data. That's always. it. Always going on, isn't it? But even, you know, like you said, it could just be a reward and it is just video games. But actually, in that, it's the relationship, isn't it? That they, always. you know, you, you are you're there and you're playing games with them. Um, right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for letting me tell that. No, story. no, 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 no. It's, it's great. It's really, really great. Um, it just weaves everything together. It does. It does. That's what, that's what, and it's kind of what I say to people about what we do. I say on the surface, it looks fun. You know, we have a lot of fun, but I also think that's really, really important. Um, because they haven't had fun, potentially, right. for a very long time. Um, so it is very fun. And sometimes it does look a little bit, like you said, the, the madness. But there is method behind our madness, always. Um, and it's very easy to think, oh, it's just a slightly chaotic, um, you know, everyone's doing different things and, and so on. But that is because below all of that, there is this Im immensely planned structure with huge amounts of research and, and knowledge behind it. Um, and it is all in in line with what we're trying to achieve with each student. Um, and each student requires something entirely different. 
which is again why it looks on the surface like what, what on earth is going on here um but you know same as you there is there is a lot of structure um and reasons behind it it's never just a video game i'm gonna i think i'm gonna use that as a quote <laughs> you got it i can't yeah. wait I can't wait to use that. Right. <laughs> um, right, barriers then. So, so what do you see, you know, typically, what are your main, your guys' main barriers? So I would say with the, with the students that I've been working with the last two years, uh, a, a main barrier is uh, learning, learning issues, mm-hmm. um, learning gaps, learning needs that... Um, they start early and they build over time. And so COVID was the accelerator to these kids saying, I'm out, yeah. right? Nope, nobody's in my face. Um, I don't have to log into a computer and nothing's gonna happen if I don't, right? So it, it, made, it, it made it very clear and nobody could really look away. And, you know, being a classroom teacher, I, I've worked with students in grade one, two, and three where I've said to myself, I'm concerned. I can see it now. If this stuff doesn't get dealt mm-hmm. with, this student just will stop attending. So there's the learning needs is huge in terms of kids just, they get behind or they feel that they're not good enough. So they just stop. Yeah. Um, family issues and mental health issues are huge. Uh, with that, you know, there's comes poverty, um, trauma Mm -hmm. like the mental health piece i would say the learning needs and the mental health piece are the probably the two biggest ones and then those are interconnected with all kinds of things so you know a student who is experiencing poverty um they're not sleeping well they're Mm -hmm. probably not eating well they feel um strange because socially they don't dress like other people and they don't have the things other people have and so when they're at school, they're not paying attention. If they're not paying attention, not learning anything, and then that adds up. Yeah. Or they have learning needs that are undiagnosed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They may they may have ADHD, um, or they may have learning disabilities, and you know how they do a great job of masking it with their behavior or with just getting by. And like I said, the teachers got thirty people in front of them, and they're doing their best to do what they can. I'm sure as a classroom teacher, I missed a lot of things that mm-hmm. I wish I, I would look back and say, how did I miss that? How mm-hmm. could I have missed that? But it happens. So those are the really big ones. Those are the really big ones. I'm seeing in my work this last year and this year so far, it's the mental health is, is just huge. And you have to kind of work through that to get them to feel like they can try, they can take yes. risks. It's okay to not understand everything. We're here to help you. Definitely. I mean, it's got to be, hasn't it? The environment's got to be a safe place. And the relationship with whoever they're working with, with be it the one-to-one, be it the, the teacher, it has to be based um, in, in safety and, and psychological safety, that it's okay to try and you might not get it. But, mm-hmm. but, but for that not to just smash what their self-confidence to smithereens. And then just go, I can't, I can't. Um, because I think then what we find is it's just a downward spiral, isn't it? Of not feeling worthy enough, uh, perhaps. Right. They, yeah, they feel no self-worth, no nope. confidence. Nope. They don't believe in themselves at all. And, um, 
you know, so then I try to build that with them. And then, but I also give them um, the information that, listen, we're one-on-one. When you enter that building, people don't know what you're going through, right? They don't know that you're anxious about this, that, or whatever. So it's important that we help you move forward, but you need to start learning how to advocate for yourself. You need to be able to say, like, part of what I do is, again, in collaboration, I'll tell a teacher, they say they're coming tomorrow, we're going to park ourselves right here in the building. If you could come over at any time and connect with the, the student, that'd be fantastic. But just know that if they enter your room, they don't want to be singled out. So I know yeah. to you it's weird that you might not say good morning, hello, how are you? They don't want it. If I can get them in the room, if I can get them feeling like they can take that risk, they would rather you not say anything. And mm-hmm. the teacher's like, awesome, thank you for letting me know. Because as you know, you know, we're walking around greeting people all the time, smiling at people. Well, some people just can't handle that yet. Yeah. So it's it's constantly, as you said, it's like the moving pieces. They're constantly moving, and I'm trying to nail them down as best as I can. And so I now tell students, I will do my absolute best to ensure that your wishes are granted. And if they can't be, I'll tell you why. Yes. We have to work together, right? Yeah. So it's not... You walk in the classroom, the teacher mistakenly says hello, and then you lose it for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. This is never going to get you anywhere in life, and I'm trying to help you look downstream. So there's a lot of – I it's I just seem to be blunt and, like, constantly thinking all day long because, mm-hmm. like you said, promising something to somebody that they can't – that you can't deliver on is the number one way to break any kind of relationship. Absolutely, especially if it's a very fragile one, you know, mm-hmm. in that instance. Um, yeah, I, I love that. I think it's, it's the planning, isn't it? It's the talking to them and saying, what do you need? What is going to help you get in that classroom? Do you want someone to say hello to you or not? Do you want to start the work yourself and just let me know if you need a hand? Or do you want me to get you started? You know, whatever it is, it's it's working out what they need, communicating it, which again, I think that's our luxury, isn't it? I don't think that often in, in maybe a more mainstream environment, there is the luxury of the time to for stuff to communicate all these tiny little, well, seemingly tiny, but actually massive, um, you, know, you know, things. But to plan that with the teacher and say, look, this is what we're going to do. Don't say hello, but maybe... 10 minutes in just come and pop by and you know that's great you were doing that piece of work whatever um with that I loved that that little caveat and I and I know I do it too is we are all only human somebody might get something slightly wrong but it's not on purpose you know we're listening to your needs and we will do our very best and we will communicate but there's always going to be that tiny little life thing that somebody might be ill that day or you know somebody might be running late you know it's not there can be reasons why it's not going to go 100 percent, but that's okay because everyone's trying um yeah i I love what you've said well there's this business of control and i'm Mm -hmm. a big fan of what is in my control and what is not my control and so with a student i will be i will be a master detailer with this student Mm -hmm. and even when they tell me i don't know i don't know i don't know i say well i'm gonna build and then you're gonna tell me i don't like that or we have to build I can't report to the school and to my principal and to your parents that I visited with you today and there's no plan for tomorrow like Mm -hmm. that's just not going to work so let's build and if you don't know 
then I'll build for you and then you will adjust. Mm -hmm. And at the end of all that, I say, okay, we did what we could control today. I don't know what's going to happen at the school. Like, so, you know, as an example, one student last year, we're walking to school. It's a walk and talk. It's the breathing of the air. It's getting this kid into the building. As we're going in, the student says, okay, so I'm gonna, and then he goes through his list, which is awesome that he knows what he likes and what he wants. I say, that's perfect for you because you control you. Mm. But the minute we walk into that building, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if the principal's available to meet with us. I don't know what your classroom teacher's doing and how she's had to pivot because I know teachers pivot all day long. Mm. Anything can happen. So I tell him, I tell him, you're right on. You're ready to rock and roll. We cannot control what those people do in there. And I need you to start learning and being okay with that. Yeah. That they're not doing it to harm you. Exactly. They're not doing it to spike your anxiety. They're doing it because something just occurred and it needs to be dealt with. Mm. They love you. They care for you. Mm -hmm. And the plan is that they're going to meet us at the door. But if we get to the door and they're not there... I'm not going to stand here for an hour waiting for them to come. We're going to proceed with our plan. Yeah. That's when they look at you funny, like, oh, geez, really? And I'm like, this is life. I wasn't supposed to be here with you today. But guess what? I am mm -hmm. because a number of different things happened. I had to pivot. Right. So it's like you try to model. But I know I'm coming from a place of privilege. Yeah. During the pandemic, when my wife was teaching where I'm sitting and I was upstairs and my one son was in his room, and my other son was in another room. Marie, you wouldn't believe the times where I literally would become emotional mm -hmm. thinking I'm looking at my students and they're living in apartment buildings where their parents are not home because yep. their parents are at work. And they've got two or three brothers and sisters in mm -hmm. the same space trying to learn from my colleagues. Yeah. And it's like, I got nothing to worry about. I have everything I need. Yeah. And this kid's trying to learn from me while all this noise is happening. And so who are we to start judging everybody? And, and we, can't, we I just couldn't. No. So I had to do the best I could, just like they were doing the best that they could. Exactly. Exactly. And that's all, you know, that's all you can ask. I'm going to pick up on something. You said it earlier and I thought, yes. And then you've kind of referred to it again. And it's that um, progression isn't it because what we found a few years ago and i guess this is through learning is that by providing and nurturing just so, so much nurture you know and, and and care and building that trust and being a safe place and getting them then in a place that they're confident enough to to learn the step that you just cannot forget is then the preparation to move on because otherwise what you get then is they're stuck they're stuck with you <laughs> um and and they you know it's that next step of then being able to go transfer it all and go out into the wider world or, or go back into mainstream school without your support um and I think it, it came in when you said that there's got to be the push there's got to be that bit that they reach the stage where they trust you enough and you tell them I'm gonna push you further now you might not feel ready, but I believe you are. And we're going to push it a bit more because there's got to be one day you will feel ready to move on from here. And I know you don't think that now, but you will. And we will be so proud of you. That's, you know, that's how we do. Because otherwise we get them in this little bubble and the outside world is still frightening. Yes. Um, 
And a lot of students I've worked with struggle with that idea of they'll say to me, okay, I'm doing this. And I mm -hmm. say, that's awesome. What's next? Yes. You've mastered this. What's next? Because the goal is, the goal is for me to, to drift away. Yeah. Unfortunately, like yeah. I know, you know, like, um, this week is our first week of school and I've been visiting my grade nines who were in grade eight last year. So I'm going to the high schools and I'm seeing these kids that I'm not supposed to work with anymore, but I'm mm -hmm. checking in on the transition. Yeah. And, and, you know, unfortunately one of them is not, it's not clicking for one, but it's clicking for the others. And I see their face and I say, look at where you are. You did this. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it. I was your, I was your coach. I coached you. Mm -hmm. You had to do the heavy lifting and now you're in grade nine. You're at the big school. You're wearing the uniform. You know, you got all these friends and all this freedom. You did this. Don't forget that. And then I just kind of give them the salute and I say, good luck, have fun. I'll see you around, but I'm not your re-engagement teacher anymore. So mm. they need to learn that there it's there's always a next step. It's never just static. Exactly. Exactly that. And it's um I think but on a personal level, I know I find I find it very bittersweet. And you and you have to hold on to, don't you? You know. Um and I and I guess sometimes in the logistics and the logical way, you know, when they move on, it means you can then support someone else who perhaps needs it more now than them um that's it that's exactly it yeah mm. you gotta move on to the next person who needs it more yeah yeah as hard as that can be <laughs> um oh gosh this has just been amazing i think we've got a few minutes left um so just kind of uh, if you can if we just sort of go back over and summarize any kind of advice for I guess teachers or even parents, carers, um, any anyone who knows a, a young person or child that is really struggling um, to get back into education. I think first and foremost, we have to listen to them. We have to mm -hmm. we have to give them um, the understanding that we will just listen and we will listen without judgment yeah. and yeah. let them say their piece and. And then let them know that they 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 will be supported. You know, um, now that I'm in this role, now that I see kind of from a system level how these things play out, you know, I'm most likely going to end up back in the classroom again. And so, as a classroom teacher, and I believe that I did this the whole time I was, but now it's even more so. What are my what are our non negotiables? What do we really want? If we really want the child to be in the building mm -hmm. in that environment with their friends doing the things their friends are doing um building relationships with the educators and the other amazing staff members in the building if that's the priority then let's let's do it don't say that's the other thing people say so one thing's a priority and it's obviously not mm -hmm. and i'm in a place where i don't have the luxury of hiding behind anything anymore i call it out i have to because this is my job yeah and so, you know, I've said to people, you keep telling me that this is a safe space, but I'm observing the student when they're here, they don't feel safe at all. Mm -hmm. The culture here does not provide that for them. And then it's like, well, what do you want me to do? It's like, well, I, it's not, what do I want you to do? It's what are the non-negotiables? Mm -hmm. Because you keep telling me you want him here, you want him here, you want him here. He gets here and he feels like he's not wanted here. So there's a disconnect. Let's connect, mm. right? Let's connect the two parts to whatever they are. Let's listen to the kids. 
let's honor them and then let's build them up because kids just can't have whatever they want none of us can right so there's room for negotiation but there's then also non-negotiables and this is what i believe healthy people mentally healthy people end up realizing and end up learning how to work through because we don't always get what we want we can't do everything that we want to do we live in a society we live with others if we live to serve which is a whole other layer then you know we're living with purpose mm. what are the what's the purpose so these are kind of the final things i would say to end this awesome talk with you marie oh it's just been fantastic and you've made me think so much i've written down so many notes of things um i just love the way you phrase things as well um that last bit very thought provoking you know what what are your non-negotiables what can be negotiated at the same time as as making sure that they feel listened to um listened to and heard that you know and, and appreciated um and like you said that that thing if, if someone is saying we want you here we want you here yet the child or the, the student comes in and nothing has changed it's like well where is the where is the demonstration that you do want me here if i've said what i find difficult yet nothing has changed what you know you said there's a dis disconnect between words and thoughts and actions um yeah lots and lots of food for thought um and i hope everyone who's listened has um feels similarly and i think i mean i know i would say that you know please feel free to get in contact um you know and and roland whether you know when we when we send this out the links out on twitter and and so on you know i hope that if people want to carry on this conversation that they'll get in touch with us um but yeah it's been I hope so too. yeah it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you um and i guess you're gonna go off now and and start your day that's right yes i'm gonna go and start connecting with kids and meeting with educators and figuring out what i can do to bring those students one step closer to a lifelong learning journey yeah i just think you're doing an incredible job it just sounds amazing and they um you know how how lucky that they've come up with this um strategy and that you it popped in your inbox at the end of the day and you applied <laughs> yes it is interesting for sure yeah no thank you so much thank you as well enjoy the rest of your day teaching is a rewarding profession but it comes with a fair share of challenges that's where adapt come in we're not your typical trade union but instead a modern apolitical alternative offering expert legal, employment and mental health support. Protection without the politics. So what makes EDAPT different? We're always apolitical and independent, specialised solely in supporting individual teachers. Our caseworkers are professionally qualified, ensuring you always get the best advice. Plus, there's 24-7 mental health support. Whether it's a simple contract check or handling serious allegations, EDAPT are here for you. Join the thousands of educators who've chosen Adapt to protect their careers. Subscribe at adapt.org.uk today. Adapt. Supporting school staff. Protecting careers. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.